Hello, everybody. This is Rhett, the DM for Stack of Dice. And before we begin, I just want to go through a few things. Number one, we'll be using some sound effects from BattleBards in this recording. And uh, so if you're interested in what you hear and you think you can use it in your games, please check out BattleBards.com. And if you sign up for their Prime subscription, you'll be able to get streaming access to all the sounds in the library. You'll be able to access tools that you can use for setting things up in advance for your games. So all it takes is the press of a button to bring your game to life. Uh, you also have the ability to mix and match your personal library with the library that they have to offer. So there's a lot of good things. Good news is you can get a discount of 20% on your Prime subscription request if you use our code STACK. So check it out today and add some life to your games. Uh, please remember that our dice contest is coming up on its close on 11 September. On the 10th of September is the last day, and then we'll do the drawing on the 11th. So if you are at all interested in the Dice Envy dice, and it's a beautiful set, go check it out on our Twitter page and on our Instagram page. Both of those use the stack dice handle. But go check it out, and all it takes is a like, a retweet, and tagging three of your friends in order to be eligible to win this beautiful set of dice. We want that set of dice ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of online and Twitter, we closed out our first poll where we asked listeners of the show what you would like to be called, and the winner was Stacker. So from now on, we will refer to our listeners as Stackers, and that's good. It feels good to have a name for our friends of the show. And now for our question. It's everyone's favorite part of the show. <laughs> And we will start with Womberbash. What is your favorite Tira moment in the series so far? Let's see, my favorite Tira moment. I think it's when she took the uh, frying pan and hit Peter over the head and knocked him out. That was like my favorite. <laughs> Why is that? Because Peter was really annoying that game. <laughs> I was. I was so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> He's gotten better since. Marginally. He's been growing up to do. Yeah. I helped him along. With but that. then she lost her frying pan, and we've yet, yet <laughs> yeah. to get a new one. I know, I still have no frying pan. <laughs> this is going to be her actual quest. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Will Tira ever the find a replacement? Of <laughs> <laughs> legend tells of a legendary pan. Iron <laughs> it's legendary. <laughs> Was the stuff of legend. Yeah. All right, Meredith, how about your favorite Peter moment? Let's see. Uh, I, I def I've got a couple, I guess. I liked his reading of the scroll in the library. That was an important moment, and I think it was great to have to give Peter that role that Bash and I couldn't do it, and Peter's like, oh, I can read it, and he read it. So that was like the first... Uh, sort of key point in our quest. You know, it was the first stop that the uh, that the stag gave us, and so we really needed that in order to proceed. So that was a a strong moment for Peter. I also, um, uh, as a funny one, liked it when he ran up behind us and said, "I forgot to say, I'm coming with you." <laughs> that kind of seemed to be his constant refrain early on in our quest. We were always trying to. Get him to stop doing that. That was funny. Good. And Thane, what about your favorite Womber Bash moment? I would probably say just this whole time of us being in Flunmore, just seeing Womber Bash and outdoorsmen interacting with the city and whatnot, you know, taking the books, smelling purple, <laughs> and stuff like that. 
No one smells purple like I can. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess I'm exempt from this because I'm not a player. You can tell us your favorite moments of each of us. Favorite moment. Okay. Um, Why can't we have a favorite moment of the DM as well? Uh, (laughs) Well, that probably would have been last week when he was... (laughs) doing fever few and got yes. so crazy about the library <laughs> the library <laughs> that kind of had that had us all rolling to the point that Thane even had to stand up from the table to keep from laughing <laughs> yeah. directly into his oh, mouth oh that's my favorite well that wasn't really a peter moment though that was a thane moment but back it was way on back for episode four that's right when um we met- first met the stag and you said something because Thane knows more about this world than the rest of us since he worked with you on creating it. And it just really struck a chord and it was just so neat. I was I remember Michael and I were both like, man, what is this going to turn out to be? Like, what's going on? Yeah. What is that? Yeah. Oh, man. So you're asking me what my favorite of each of your sure. moments is? Okay. What about a collective moment? Yeah, do you have a favorite moment? Well, my favorite, I'll tell you, my favorite episode so far was the puzzles one where you went through the challenge. I had a lot of fun making those puzzles up and I wasn't sure how long it was going to take you to go through them. As it turned out, you blasted right through them and I should have known better, (laughs) but it was neat to see you figuring out, especially the piano one. I really liked (laughs) that one. It was a lot of fun. And I think, let's see, individual moments. Peter, hmm, I think for me so far, the most fun I've had was you went from being kind of headstrong out in the woods at first when you were going to look for Bash's spoon, but then at the battle, it was almost like a click, and suddenly you're striding across battlefields and challenging people to individual combat. To me, that was kind of a neat character development moment where Peter suddenly quit being a Luke Skywalker <laughs> on Tatooine. I was going to go to Tashi Station and pick up some power converters. <laughs> <laughs> and then you became Peter, a representative of Vasham and somebody who has a care for the world around him. So that, that was kind of neat. And now I'm a paladin. Yeah. Womberbash. I enjoyed the moment where they got to your forest home and you're just pointing out all yes, the different things. Do you so see, mean. do you see how my, my bed is made out of all this and the, all this Come on over here and, let me and do you smell that thing. dirt smell in the air and you hear Tara say, yep, <laughs> 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 I sure do. <laughs> so that was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. Uh, and it, it clued us into your character, your innocence <clears throat> and how you're not tied to wealth and that kind of stuff. So to me, that was really neat. And Tira, it's hard to separate Meredith from Tira. It's hard to separate any of you from your characters. But um, I was telling Meredith today as we were driving uh, how much I enjoy doing dream sequences because every time I start talking about her mom and her memories of her mom and all that, she she's just smiling at me with this really dreamy smile. And it's fun to see you getting invested in it. But that's that's a you thing, and that's yeah. not a Tira thing. So let me think here. For me, I think <laughs> seeing you desperate to get rid of your purple shirt <laughs> and ending up with a mint green one instead. Yeah, well. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I'm enjoying how Tira is so uh, just cutting through all the nonsense to get to what needs to be done. 
So and she needed to get rid of that purple shirt. <laughs> yeah. Drawing attention to myself too much. Just a lot of character-based stuff for each of you, I think. Um, I think everything I said was related to your character's development. So that's been a lot of fun to see. Follow a band of intrepid friends as they seek to understand the world changing around them and as they work together to face a growing evil. Enter a world of adventure and mystery in Vardalon. In our last episode, Tira, Bash, and Peter found themselves running into old acquaintances. Caught by Rebeck while going through his belongings, they chose to replace his ruined suitcase out of a sense of guilt. He accepted the gift and then darted down an alley followed by a suspicious-looking figure. It was while our friends were figuring out what to do that they were spotted by an old friend of Peter's. He turned out to be Physic Feverfew, the boisterous and apparently beloved ranking representative of Vasham in Flenmore. He bought them some food at his favorite inn, the Gagging Dragon, and then invited them to rest in his home. While there, the three friends had a restful but interrupted sleep as they each had vivid visions. As the gray light of morning is creeping through the windows and a new day is about to begin, we'll come back to our heroes. Who's ready to tell a story? Me. Me. Yeah, sure, I guess. You're all still asleep in your original location, so that means, Bash, you're in front of the fire downstairs. That means, Tira, you're in the hay mattress up in the upstairs room, and Peter, you're at the foot of that bed in your bedroll. Each of you thinking about what you witnessed in your visions in the Level Up episode, your individual experience begins to distort as the edges of your sight wrinkles and swirls. Your head spins as your dream world revolves with increasing speed around you. You see the others, reaching out your hands to them, seeking some sense of stability as your stomach begins to churn. Just when you think you cannot hold in your growing sense of desperation any longer, just when it seems you must fly to pieces from the centrifugal force, you link hands with each other. An immediate feeling of comfort embraces you even as your shoulders strain in their sockets. The wind rushes through your hair, deafening your ears. Your fingers begin to slip. But then the whirling slows and you collapse against each other's comforting weight, forming a trembling huddle in the middle of a bleak land where cold edges and sharp rocks spread outward interminably in all directions. You shiver against the cold. Then the land begins to writhe beneath you, and you now see that you're held in the immense palm of an open, dark hand with terrifying fingers clad in black metal that curl around you. Now you find yourself outside the hand, at your normal size, watching as a shadowy figure struggles with a weary-looking man in a shabby room. They glare at each other, their teeth bared, their hands wrapped together in an intense battle. Time slows to a crawl, and you hear the prolonged sound of a shattering piece of crystal. And pieces of something that shimmers shoots through the man's hands. It blasts through the shadowy figures, encircling fingers, taking a couple of them with it, and then through the body of the man himself. But other pieces go flying as the hands begin to separate. Four large pieces of what you can see are shards of crystal go flying in different directions, and they seem to twist in shape as they streak slowly past you. One takes the form of a boar, 
Immensely powerful and stoutly built, it lumbers past you with flashing tusks, head tossing from side to side. One becomes a wolf, head lowered and hackles raised. Its teeth are wickedly sharp and its eyes seem to gleam green from deep within the crystal. One resembles a snake-like thing with fins and bulging eyes. It wriggles uncomfortably close to your head, its needle-like teeth in a jaw with a severe underbite that snaps at you as it passes. One sprouts wings and fierce yellow eyes as it tumbles through the air. The talons are tiny razors, and the beak opens in a silent scream. You now seem to see yourselves from the outside. A looming face with features cloaked in shadow fills the air behind you, an evil, knowing smile splitting its face. It seems to goad on the transforming shards as they fly outward. They fly furiously onward, growing to the size of people before they disappear into the distance. And then you're falling through the air yourselves, darkness grasping at you as it tries to rip your hands apart. You're aware of a warmth from under you, a silver light that grows brighter the farther you fall. Below you, you see the dim lights of the city of Flynnmore, and you realize for the first time that the streets take on the form of the antlered head of a stag. As the vision begins to fragment, and you feel yourself returning to the hardness of the floor or the warm sweetness of a hay-stuffed mattress, the last thing you hear is the stag's voice, its firmness breaking into retreating echoes. You must hurry. They are coming. They are coming! And you all wake up. Whoa. Alright, so I'm downstairs and I'm in front of the fire, so... Um... If you'll recall, the room that you're in is directly off of the hallway, right by the front door. And as you begin to stir, you hear that front door close and footsteps outside retreating. But from, but from the kitchen, you can hear uh, the physic moving around. You can tell it's him. He's just moving without care. Yeah. Is there a window in the room I'm in? Yes. Out that same direction? Mm-hmm. I'm going to run to the window real quick to see who it is. You press your face to the glass, and outside you can see the cold gray street, and it's raining again. But whoever it was seems to have gone the other direction. Uh, so... You, Instead of turning to the right to pass your window, you, you can't make it out. Um, they must have gone to the left. Okay, I'm going to go into the um, kitchen. You go into the kitchen, and the physic is sitting at the table, uncharacteristically quiet and staring at the wall. His face looks a little gray. Was someone just here? Uh, what? Uh, uh, yes, uh, someone was here. Um, g- good morning. Good morning. Is everything okay? Um... Perhaps it would be better to wait until the others come. I have things going, though, for breakfast. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat right now. It's still preparing. Just give me a moment. I'm going to have to be a little rushed this morning. I'll explain it in just a moment. From upstairs, you can smell bacon frying and other food preparation. That's what you're waking up to. Okay. Do we hear any... We didn't hear any of the bustling of Wumberbash... Did, did I hear the door closing and somebody walking out? Or is that just something that Bash knows because he was That's, downstairs? He was right there. Okay. So I'm not... Well, I'm, I think I'm waking up a little disturbed because of the dream anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I wake with a little bit of a start after that dream. I'm not necessarily taking note of the bacon smell, the food smell in the air. I might sit up quickly. Peter, Peter, are you awake? Oh, well, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm awake. I just had the oddest feeling. I just wanted to make sure you were there. Um, where's Bash? 
Oh, he's still downstairs, I think. Uh, I'm going to go down. I'm, I'm going to go down and check on Bash. Hey, Physic, do you have any, like, hot water? I want to make some cha. Over there? And he points to the stovetop where there's a kettle. Thank you. And so as you come down the stairs, you go to the left to head back toward the back of the house where the kitchen is. And uh, you, the smell intensifies as you go down, and the sounds become obviously much more audible. Uh, and as you enter the kitchen, you can see the physics sitting at the table. He's still kind of stroking his chin. And you see Bash busying himself at the stove with a kettle. I come downstairs behind Tira. Oh, Bash, there you are. I just... I just had an odd feeling. I Some guy was here. What? Yeah, some guy was here. Who? Ooh. Did you meet him? I don't know who he is. Did you see him at all? No. Well, then how do you know somebody was here? I heard the door. I heard the door um, close, and then and then I heard... Um, in the kitchen, and I, and I don't... And then I asked him, and he said he had something to say, I think, to all of us. Oh, all right. And we're in the kitchen with the physic right now? Yeah. All right, so I guess I turn to, turn to the table and take a seat. Come, come have physics. a seat, have a seat. Uh, he looks quite agitated, actually, and not at all like his free and easy yeah, self like from the night before. Night. I'm afraid I have dire news. I had intended that we would spend the day touring the city. Uh, I have some horses at a stable, and I thought perhaps we could... Uh, go for a ride, and I could show you some of my favorite places here in Flinmore. I know, Peter, you uh, you didn't get to spend much time here before. And Visit. Uh, anyway, uh, yes, yes. Uh, I just had a visitor. He's a plague doctor. Mm. From out of town, he tells me, and he, he tells me that he has detected the first signs of plague right here in Flinmore, and this is obviously very worrying to one of my skills. And so... Uh, I find that I must go attend to something, but you are free to, to ride about the city if you like. I, I've had the horses prepared. Horses? Um, I don't... I appreciate the offer, Physic. I don't think we can spare time for a tour of the city. I, I, I feel like we need to, we need to leave. I, I was going to talk to you guys. Like I had this like crazy dream. And, like, I don't feel good about it at all. Like, but I think we have to, like, leave. It told me in the dream, like, I, I, should, I should go now because, like, somebody because they was are coming. coming. Yeah, yeah. I had the same dream. Peter? Yeah. That sounds familiar. I, 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 I want those horses. What Can we is... Have those horses? You all had the same dream? This always happens. It, this, this has happened to us before. It's, it's incredibly difficult to explain. Um... Physic, would you be willing to let us take the horses out of Flenmore? Oh, um, hmm. <laughs> wow, Tira. I... We need transportation. You're quite the needy one, aren't you? No. Uh... Where are you going? Um, well... Where's it... that, where that first place? Uh, J- Jama. Jama. Jama? You're going to Jama? Yes, yes, we need to get to Jama and, and the other three cities that we studied about last night on the map. He puts his elbow on the table and begins to stroke his chin even harder. His brow furrows as he thinks. Let's see, direction-wise, oh, you could go back the way you came through Arden. The road there take you eventually 
But Jama, finding Jama would be difficult uh, at best. Um, there is a shortcut pass through the mountains to the east of here, but again, if you don't know where Jama is currently... We, I'm not necessarily concerned about the directions. We have a map that's unlike a normal map. I'm certain we'll be able to find it, but we need those horses. I see. Where, is, where, where does your map say Jama is right now? I pull out the map, right there. You spread the map out on the breakfast table, and as you look at Seth Arban, if you were to basically hold up your hand like a peace sign... That's how Seth Arban kind of looks. There's a split in between your fingers where there's water. And then on either side of that, you have a peninsula of land sticking up that connects eventually with lands further to the north. And it looks like Jama is actually going up the western peninsula toward the border of Moriga, where the country where you are now. Right. So Jama, that's the one that moves around. Yes. Okay. See, our, this map of ours... I remember last night how you were telling us, Physic, that this, the capital city there, it's capital? Capital city there, it moves about. It's, it's a modular city, more or less. This map somehow tracks that city's movement. I'm sure we'll be able to find it, but our search, our journey will be greatly aided and speeded by these horses. Please, may we take them. Yes, I just want to make sure you know the best route. And looking at this, I think the best way would be for you to take that eastern pass through the mountains. But here, you won't, these horses would not last long in the desert. Uh, so perhaps if you leave them at the port city there on the lake, and he points to a place where the port city would be, then uh, I can send someone to collect them eventually. Perhaps we'd be able to hire different animals in the town, I, I guess. That would at least get us a good way on our, on our journey. The roads are uncertain in the mountains here, but it's better than nothing, and it would certainly save you quite a bit of time, considering where the city is. Uh, please do take them. Thank you. Thank you very much. Is there anything... I kind of feel bad, though, leaving you like this, because, I mean, I think, I think Peter might be able to help out with the, the plague, but I know we have to go... It sounds like you have something pressing. I, I'm not entirely clear what that might be, but may Vasham go with you. And with you. If, if you have a moment just to get a quick bite, I, I'd hate to send you on your way with uh, nothing. Yeah, I'm eating right now. <laughs> and so he, yes, well. he gets up and he moves around. He finishes up the breakfast, and before you know it, there's bowls of oatmeal, there's uh, strips of bacon, there's fruit, there's all sorts of things laid out on the table, and it's anything you could hope for on a long trip ahead. Eat so, some, and then it, can I wrap some up? Yeah, there's plenty. Is, is there anything that would be, that would work on a journey? <laughs> I don't want to take, a, I don't want, I'm not going to take oatmeal, Take obviously. all this Tupperware. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean. I'll tear that bacon up. You can put some of that bacon away. There yeah. are, there are a couple loaves of bread that, okay. would, that would keep pretty well. Uh, the bacon. It's been cooked. Mm -hmm. so. I'll, I'll eat it on the way anyway. So. Bacon sandwiches. And so, uh, yeah, you, you make so your... So to take some of the, the bacon. Yeah, bit. and you, he gives you basically what amounts to enough to last you one meal. Maybe to get to that port city. And, and uh, you also have your rations. Don't forget that. You have right. preserved food that can be used for eating along the way. Right. After the meal is over, he tells you, I really must be going. And I, Peter, it's been lovely to see you again. 
I hope you pass this way again soon. I hope to come by here soon as well. And Womberbash and Tira, it's been great to meet you. I, I do apologize for this, and I, I just hope that we can meet under better circumstances someday soon. Thank you very much, Physic. It's been uh, an interesting experience meeting you. And we're definitely very grateful for the use of your horses. And for the information about the cities on our map. Womberbash steps forward and, like, awkwardly, like, hesitates, but bows and puts his head way, head down and says, thank you. And lifts his head up. I don't think the physic understands the level of respect you have just shown him, but he, he appreciates the gesture nonetheless. The, the stables are to the east, further to the east. You follow this road down, and he gives you the directions. Mm-hmm. With that, with the directions clear in your mind, he then busies himself in the kitchen and then heads out. All right. Um, I guess I'm going to head upstairs and make sure I have all my things together. Um, and Peter, you had taken off your armor mm-hmm. the night before. That's I right. go upstairs and put it back on again. All right, so I'm bundling up the bacon and bread and making sure I have all my things together. What yeah. is Bash doing? I <laughs> have got my bacon. bag and my bacon. All right, he's I happy. have my book, bag, bacon, and books. Hey, that's all you need in life. <laughs> <The> three Bs. <laughs> all right. But then I think we need to be off. Uh, by the way, the physic did leave you a note uh, so that you could hand it to the people at the stables. Oh, gotcha. Uh, and so with the note, with all your belongings, where they belong, you head out onto the street, you make sure the door latches behind you, and then head east down the street, follow the directions he gave you, and find yourself coming to where the stables are. And this is an interesting, it's a busy place in the city of Flenmore. You basically, you've made a box in the city. You came in through the south gate, you went along the west wall of the city up to the temple, you came back down, you headed east. Uh, so you, you basically boxed in the city pretty well, interior-wise. And so uh, I'm going to go ahead and give you the remaining three discovery points for the city of Flinmore. So go ahead and take three experience points. We'll get that one in early before mm-hmm. I forget. And you have now effectively fully de- explored the city of Flinmore. You arrive at the stables... And there's a man lounging in a chair by the door, just kind of hands behind his head. And even in the drizzle of the rain, he's just staring up at the sky dreamily. I step forward. Uh, We're here on Physic Free Refuse permission to borrow three horses. I show him the note. He's humming to himself and you shove the paper in front of his face. Read this. (laughs) And he lazily takes one of his hands from behind his head and takes the paper, glances at it, and then he just puts it down on his lap and just goes back to staring up at the sky with a smile on his face. Mm. I'm going to walk into the stable and go up and find my own horse. (laughs) I'm going to march up to this guy and pick the piece of paper up and hold it in front of his face and say, no, you read this. We need these horses right now. Uh, Yes, ma'am. Yes, Um, uh, (laughs) ma'am. I want this horse right here. Wait, wait, uh, Come back out here, please, sir, if you would. I like this one. Bash can have whatever horse he wants. But no, that, that's he not really, the physics horse. Yeah, he really can't. But I like this one. <laughs> Peter's like, yeah, you really can't do that. Um, <laughs> Walmer Bash, we'll find you a nice horse. Let me go in horse. and take a look here. Uh, just come on inside. Inside the stable office has a mixture of horse smells and hay and leather. And it's just 
it's pleasing in a way uh, and it feels warm inside so the hay is giving off warmth and the horses are giving off <laughs> warmth <Scent. laughs> and there's a, a fire going nice. inside as well mm-hmm. Uh, but he goes over to a ledger and pages through it, and his finger lazily drifts down the page. Uh, there's one, yes. Let's come up with some names for these horses. Yeah. Uh... Pork meat. <laughs> pork meat? <laughs> what did you say? Yes, we have pork meat here. <laughs> My horse's name is Glue. <laughs> and Glue, yes, I see Glue, and... Oh, man. Dibs and pork meat. Wild, <laughs> wildfire. Wildfire, yes! I get wildfire. I want 80s wildfire. cartoon reference, yeah. Yes. Yes, pork meat, glue, and wildfire. Guess whose horse is the awesomest? <laughs> pork <Glue>. meat. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all say it together on three. One, two, three. Pork meat. <laughs> all right, so he says, yeah, let me go out there and make sure they're all ready. And as he goes through the door, he kind of carefully pulls the bridles off of the post near the door and goes out there. Uh, and you hear him humming to himself. And every now and then it gets suspiciously quiet. And then you hear him hum again. Uh, is this dreamy smurf? <laughs> Poet. <laughs> I see. All right. Is there a dreamy smurf? I think so. Or like a sleepy smurf or something like that. So he's out there taking his sweet, taking sweet time, sweet getting time. the horses together. And then eventually he leads them out front where he tethers them at, a, at the hitching post out front of the stable. Well, uh, that's it, I guess. And, well. These are few refused horses? Yes. All right, we're taking them. Thank you so much. Which one's kind of... name is Pork Meat? He's actually the tallest. <laughs> 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 He's actually the tallest. <laughs> Sorry, I just thought few for few food and stuff uh, like that. I see. Pork meat. <laughs> and okay. the one that looks uh, pretty bitter about life in general is glue. I don't. I don't think. I don't think my horse likes the seat. Can I take the seat off? Uh, How will you be able to ride him if he doesn't I have a saddle? Yes, you I can. Did, I just. I put like a blanket. And he's also let out another horse. The note says four horses, so I'm going to give you four horses. What's that horse? How are we going to... We could just kind of like... It's not my problem. You just have to... All right. I've already um... gotten them ready. It's not my problem. (laughs) I can just kind of like... I can just kind of like... That's so poetic, honey. (laughs) He's he's thinking about poetry while he's... I guess so. Trying to carry on a conversation. (laughs) I could try and like hitch him... Up with my horse and just kind of lead him along. Lead him behind one of the uh, one of the others. What does my horse look like? Yours is a sorrel mare. So she's brown and she's beautiful chestnut color. And let's see, what what did the one in the cartoon look like? She was all black. Oh, this one is black. (laughs) (laughs) And what else? I don't remember there being anything else super remarkable about no blaze on the forehead or anything i don't think so no socks or anything we'll have to put a link in the show notes to the wildfire yeah (laughs) carries babies in baskets (laughs) and Um, michael how about uh, how about glue what does glue look like just uh, like yellow but not like like a real yellow it's almost like a a white horse that's get just been like dingied up yeah dirty and and just so yellowing an older horse yeah Pretty, 
pretty irritated looking. Yeah, but a female as well. Okay. Uh, yeah. So you are able to, do you have animal handling? I do not. We have the description of glue. We have the description of wildfire. How about pork meat? Pork meat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What does so, pork meat look so like? So you already established that he's tall. Yes. I kind of imagine him. And it's a him. Okay. Yes. Keep your horse away from my horse. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of imagine him as just being like, I guess, hmm, I'm not good at horses. Maybe kind give of me, a Give me a dex horse? check. Hmm. 18. While you're looking at your horse, Peter. While the horse is rendering. Womberbash is over there nice. slipping the saddle right off of yeah, the right. back of glue. Just gonna ride bareback, man. <laughs> and you can almost immediately see it look at you, and there's a sense of understanding in her eyes when she looks at you. Pork meat is black with white splotches, and yes. All right, so there we have our horses, and you get them comfortable. And let's see, let's come up with a fourth horse name Wind. <laughs> Buttercup or whatever. We'll find out why later. Coco. Oh, come on, Coco. Okay, it's wind. The fourth horse is wind. Glue, wind, pork wild, meat. wildfire, and pork meat. Yes, this is physic fever for you in a nutshell. Yeah, really. All right, so yeah, you have your four horses, uh, and so you're going to ride three of them, and wind follows along behind obediently. She's apparently used to being around the others, and so it's natural for her to follow. Is she is she tethered to one? Like, does she have a lead that's attached to you one can, of them? You can do that. Yeah. You can run a... I didn't know if it was going to be important who she was tethered to. And probably not to Glue, because Glue looks like she's in a nasty disposition yeah. with most of the world. She can be tethered to Peter. <laughs> to pork meat? Yes. No, no, like like tethered to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she gets scared. I'm going with her. He just gets yanked off. Yeah. Okay. yeah uh, 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 uh. <laughs> and so you make your way to the gate, to the east gate of the city. And again, this is kind of a winding route back to that gate. And as you approach the gate... Uh, you see it's you're heading north again to get back up to the gate because you have to head south to get to the stable. Back up to get to the gate. And as you get there, you can see something interesting. As you approach, you can see the guards in the city livery. They see you coming. And as they see you coming, they all turn away. And some of them actually go into the gate and disappear from sight. And before you know it, the streets are empty of guards. What? What happened there? Why are they leaving? Idea. I don't know. I'm looking at my book. <laughs> don't read while you drive. Do you have horse sickness? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say Tira in particular. You suddenly feel the hair on the back yeah. of your neck prickling. Something's mm. not right. And as soon as you say that, you hear laughter from all around you. And a circle of men that look a lot like the, the three men that you fought in the alley to rescue Asimeris, close in from the various alleyways and streets around you. Those guards just left us to them? And they are encircling you. They're, they're, they're closing the, the circle around you. How many? There are, it looks like there's eight at a quick count. 
Oh, no. And then from the gate itself, it's like the, this was outside the gate. You're looking through the gate to the outside of the city. You can see a figure swing around. And the first thing you see is this long extended nose. A figure swings around and it is a person wearing the most horrifying mask you've ever seen. The Get- gate is open, correct? The gate is open. The way out of the city is open, but the person that swings around is standing in the middle of that exit. It's Pinocchio the mob I boss. Is wearing a plague mask? I say, we just, I, I, I say we just, we're on horses. I say we barrel on right through them. Let's try. I, can we, can we, are they like closing? <laughs> the horses are actually panicking now. Oh, they're not used to this. They're not war horses. Yeah. And so it's going to take a DC of 17 for you to control the horses enough. What are we adding to that? Uh, go with it, your animal handling as a, as a check. Animal handling. <laughs> hey, I've got a thing. Sorry. It's dotted. So you need to roll a 13 or higher. All right. I rolled a 19. Peter, you are able to uh, somewhat quell pork meats. <laughs> it's hard to say that with a straight face. You're able to quell his fear to the point where he is now under your control. And you are eligible to make him dash through the gate. But you notice the other, the horse, the other three horses are in no state to do that. I will say, Peter, as you're about to go barreling through the gate, you can see that the person wearing the Plague Doctor mask who has stepped around, there's, it's a featureless face. Obviously, the mm-hmm. face is completely hidden by this beaked, bird-like looking mask. And he's holding a limp-looking figure in front of him. Uh. And he holds up his hand. One of the guys encircling you, you can see him throw his arms out. And he's saying, hold on, hold on, hold on. And then from a muffled voice from under the mask, holding the figure, you, you can hear it say, You took two of ours. We want two of you. Decide. Oh, who's the limp figure that he's holding? So... It is hard to tell through the mass of bruises and um, the swollen eyes, but it appears to be Rebek. <gasps> he is barely conscious to the point that he's he's stumbling he's it's almost like his feet have no bones in them he's being mostly supported by the figure and as you stare and as recognition dawns on your faces you hear laughter from under the mask <laughs> i see you know this one i'm going to get off my horse off your high horse off my high horse because peter slips down from his horse and lights on the ground and peter what are you going to do I volunteer. What? Peter? That's one. I get down off my horse and I put my um, book in my bag. But in, instead, I draw my short sword. I am point right at the guy holding Rebeck. But my hand is shaking and I'll say, you're not having anyone. I'm going to pull out my mace and my shield. After you just... <laughs> You just volunteer. Well, oh, I'll give myself. I was expecting. Oh, I, I was uh, expecting we would be like they would be just about to take us, and then I just like whip out my mace. But you know, Bash over here is mm-hmm. going straight into the offensive. So I guess I'm just going to. Tira, what are you doing? I jump down and right beside Bash. Are we in front of Peter now? Let's let let me work through this okay. here. So you were all congregated in in the ward area in front of this gate and now that you're surrounded I, i'm going to say that bash is the one closest to the gate p 
Peter, you're not far from him. You're almost shoulder to shoulder. You're maybe a step or two back from the gate. And then Tira, I see you having gotten down from your horse. Okay. What I was planning on doing is immediately just like launching to the left and just taking whoever's there. You Go said I'm, I'm sorry. You said I'm, I'm basically facing the, these two. If, if we look at this from above uh-huh. and imagine Womberbash is front and center. To his left is Peter. And then kind of in between them, but several steps back from the gate is you. So it's like a little triangle. Okay. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. Just... Um, so, yeah. So I've ju- Tira's jumped down from her horse. Oh, man. Oh, goodness. This is... What I want to do okay. is actually I'm just... I just kind of wanted to like try and break my way through the circle to get to the plague doctor. Okay. Why don't we start there? Yeah. Your words, Womberbash, don't really seem to have any effect. In fact, it just provokes the encircling thugs laughter. Should we roll for initiative by any chance? Let's go ahead and enter initiative. Go ahead. 18. 11. 13. Peter, you go first, followed by a bash, and then Tira. So I'm just going to run. I'm going to try and maybe barrel through somebody in my, like whoever's in my way, and then just, if I, if I can, tackle the plague doctor. The plague doctor is a good 20 feet away. Oh, only 20. Cool. Uh, and again, he's on the other. He's outside the gate of the city, looking into the city. Uh, so, why don't you go ahead and give me a roll? Or you're trying to barrel your way through? Yeah, just trying to break through the circle so I can get to the plague doctor. Since you're rushing him, why don't we go with a strength check? You're you're not trying to attack him. You're just trying to push past him. Uh, I'm trying to get out of the circle to the plague doctor and hopefully have him on the ground and red rover red rover yes that whatever that is so you're um yeah why don't we make that a strength check to get past the bandit that's a 17 you shove your way past and there are startled cries from the circle and they, they still don't seem alarmed they're just reacting to you uh, your sudden burst of movement you rush forward, and as you do, the plague doctor starts retreating in the gate. So he's kind of matching you, but he's dragging the body of Rebek in front of him. And you can hear him saying, Ah, 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 that's not a good move. Can I try and plink him with my crossbow? You don't have your crossbow out. Wait, what? <laughs> you said you had your mace out. Oh, and man. Sealed. All right, fine. I'm just going to try and get as close to him as I can. Now, if you wanted to throw your mace, you could try and do that. Can I do that? But remember, you have a Rebek in the way. He's, he's dragging Rebek in <laughs> yeah, front of him, almost like a human shield style. Is he basically just like moving outside of my 30-foot range? He's trying to stay, yeah, keep the same distance. Your rush has taken you into the gate, so the gate is over you now. And uh, you feel the coolness and the damp of that interior of the gate. And then the dark figure of the doctor outside holding Rebek. I'm going to just try and uh, straight up throw my mace at the plague doctor. Okay. That's an improvised weapon because a mace is not meant to be thrown like that. No, sorry. My shield. My shield. That's still an improvised weapon. Captain America. Go ahead and roll. And let's see. (coughs) That's a six. Plus whatever I have to add. I would assume my dexterity. Yeah, your dexterity. Eight. I'm going to roll percentage dice here. 
I'm going to make it a 50% or lower, you're going to hit Rebec. On a 51 to 80, you're going to miss altogether. And then on an 81 to 100, you're going to hit the guy that you were aiming for. Okay. I rolled a 51. <sighs> you oh, missed yeah. altogether. <clears throat> so your shield starts out true. And then as you're almost trying to twist your body to guide it, it sails just a whisker's breadth past the figure and then goes off into the moorland and you can hear it clanging around as it hits among the rocks and goes skittering around. All right. I'm going to yell behind me, hold them back. Wamberbash, it is your turn. I want to um, use uh, Mind Thrust on the guy, the, the um, plague, doctor. plague Doctor. What is the range on that? 120 feet. Good night. And uh, they must succeed on an intelligence saving throw. Okay. What is your spell, DC? 14. You hit. Okay. For and full it, effect. Yeah, which is uh, 1d10. And that's one of your talents? Yes. Yeah. Um, 175 points of damage. <laughs> <laughs> that would be 7 points of damage. You can see the mask suddenly tilt up like the guy has been struck in the chin. And you, you can see his grasp loosen a little bit on Rebek, who begins to slump more toward the ground. And now the, the figure is exposed because Rebek is kneeling in front of him. Uh, but you do seven points of damage to him. And I do a bonus action um, and use two psi points to um, don bestial form of uh, tough hide. All right. So again, your skin thickens and the welts form across your back into that scarred animal hide. Tira, it is your turn, and then we will enter full initiative for the bad guys. Okay. My, my hair turns red as well because I'm angry. All right, so um, when Peter bursts through their lines to get to the plague doctor, does that leave an opening? It does. And they haven't readjusted? Not yet. Okay. That comes next. Okay. Because <laughs> I, I was planning to, would this be, is it too early to break out my new fancy X? Not at all. In fact, I, I had meant to ask you what happened to your old axe i can't keep both you can it's just that oh. it's going to be heavy don't worry I, about it yeah that was just me curious so oh, you, okay. you go ahead and take out your yeah, new so axe. i'm going to pull out my my new axe from a summaries and charge through the open the opening left by peter's breaking through because i see now so i noticed then that the the plague doctor seems to be weakening he, he was affected he, he was, was affected, affected by Womber Bash's attack. Now, right. Bash, before we get to Tira's turn, mm-hmm. uh, did you move at all? Not to do the mind thrust, um, but basically what happened was, I should have explained this better, my shaking hand um, turned to a more sure hand, and I stood erect as if I was basically more sure of myself. My hair turned red, and then I just kind of like looked at the guy, and of course, mm-hmm. he kind of like stum- stumbled back a little bit and right. did his reaction. All right, and now do you want to move at all? No. Okay, so you're standing fast. Mm-hmm. Tira, you're going to shoulder by Womberbash. Yes. And make your way through that gap in the line. Pulling my fancy new axe. Yeah, as you run, you're just pulling that yeah. axe out, just charging, arms are pumping, and you make your way through the gap in the line, and then what? Are you taking up a position in the gate, or are you... Because he did, he moved outside of my movement range, which is 30 right, how, feet. How close to him can I get? You can move up to 25 feet. Right. And that's going to be, you're going to end up a little short of where Peter okay. is by probably about 10 feet. 
So I'm short of Peter. Yes. Okay. So you will actually be, Peter, you stayed in the middle of the gate, right? To throw your shield? Yes. That means, Tira, you're going to be probably right at the entrance to the gate. Okay. Uh, just, yeah, running up to take a position. Cause I wanted to make a run at the doctor. I see. Eventually. Now, if you if you give up any attack this round, you can actually move double your speed. On this turn, I can just, I can get to the guy. And you can get out there close to where he is. He's still about, at the end of your movement, you're going to mm-hmm. be about five feet short of him still. Okay. But that would then have me in position to, to attack him on my next turn. Yes. Okay. Unless he flees. Right. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Um, hmm. I'm weighing whether I just want to set up for next round or if I want to go ahead and get out there. I think, I think Tira's just going to run up there. She's just going to run up there and, and be ready to take a swing. You barrel through the gate right past Peter, who you can see is recovering from a throw of his shield. Mm-hmm. And in fact, as you're running, you can hear the shield clanging into the rocks out there in the moorland. And as you're going, all of a sudden you see this is all happening, happening simultaneously. You can see the doctor's head jerk back real quick. And then Rebeck start to fall forward onto the ground. So you're going to move your full 50 mm-hmm. feet mm-hmm. and stop about five feet short of Rebeck. And now it is back to full initiative. So let me see where the bad guys fall in all of this. Not too good. <laughs> so it's going to be Peter, Bash, Tira, me. So now let's go back to Peter. You have thrown your shield and now what? I'm going to see if I can hit him with my mace. All right, so you close that last 30 feet, and now you're trading places with Tira. You're going right mm-hmm. past her, and you are now in range to attack the Plague Doctor. Now that you're close to him, you can see that he's wearing a dark, almost like a trench coat, and underneath leather pants and a leather tunic, and a high collar, and then that mask just merges with the collar and eye portholes that he could see through. And you know from your experience as a practitioner of medicine that plague doctors believe that disease is transmitted through the air, so they stuff the beak of this bird-like mask with all sorts of spices and aromatic herbs to keep the the bad air from affecting them. And he's also wearing a broad-brimmed circular hat on top of it to complete the ensemble. And as you get closer, you can feel a sense of almost palpable evil. And as he raises his hands to prepare for your attack, you can see that he's wearing black leather gloves and there are tracings of white work on the gloves. Now it is your turn. I'm going to swing at him with my mace. <sighs> oh no. That's an 11. That is a miss. In your haste to get to the Plague Doctor, you overcompensate and you, you just wish right by him. And now it's Bash's turn. I'm going to cast um, or use uh, Delusion, which is another uh, talent. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to implant a false belief that there is a creature behind him. <laughs> behind the, um, behind the, the Doctor guy. Uh, but it's within 60 feet, which I'm within 60 feet of him, right? Yes. Okay. Um, and this is an action. So I, I'm going to create the image essentially of a mountain lion that should fit within a 5.5 cube, right? Or 5.5 yeah. cube. Yeah. 
it doesn't move or make a sound or anything because it's either or. I can't make a sound and an image, just a sound or an image. It disappears if the creature touches it. Okay. So I'm going to create the image behind him, maybe, let's say, 15 feet or so. I don't want it to be so close that it's like he's realizing it's not moving or breathing uh, because it's not moving at all. It can't move. But 15 feet, I figure, if he, like, because I'm going to direct his attention to it, um, if he turns around and sees it, he might say, oh, I'm flanked. Um, that's my my goal anyway. <laughs> okay. You can see the, the form, I guess, are you facing in or out of the gate, Tira? I'm facing the doctor. Okay. And that's right. You're outside. Yeah, I'm like five feet. And Peter, you're also there. You see the form of a golden, a tawny looking mountain lion shimmer into place behind the doctor. And now what? And uh, with my, well, I don't realize it, but I'm in my mind. I said, I wish that mountain lion was around um, that we fought, obviously. And um, with that, I realized that it appears. I didn't really like mean to do this per se. It just sort of, sort of happened. Um, And as it did, I'm going to say, the mountain lion? Like out loud. Just enough to catch his attention. And then he notices I'm looking past him. Hopefully he'll turn and look and see that it's there. Okay, on his turn, we'll see what okay. happens. All right, and then um, that's my action. So then I'm going to turn to my right and see the first bandit or whatever that's surrounding me. And I'm going to dart toward him. How far away is he? The nearest one is, I'll say, five feet away from you. They, they are in the process of closing the circle from where Peter and Tara barge. If I move to him and drop, is that two movements or one? Like if I if I like just come in and, and just get like close to the ground as possible. I'm not trying to. That's stand fine. Okay, that's what I'm gonna do. That's fine. No, no guy. attack. You're just. Getting, I can't because my action was already taken. Right, by you're the crouching person. low. Exactly. In preparation for something. Exactly. So that is Wamberbash's turn. Inside the city, that's what's going on. Outside the city, we're back to Tira. All right. So, I'm. You said I'm about five feet away, so... From Rebeck. From from Rebeck, who's being held by the... No, he's he's fallen out of his grasp mostly, and he's slumped forward, kind of on his oh, hands okay. and knees. Okay, all right. But you, you would have to get around him to get to the plague doctor. Right, yeah. I was trying to think of a way that would be spontaneous, and like, she, she's in war mode, you know, she's ready to attack, and kind of seeing red, you know, but also aware that... Rebeck is between us. You know, I don't want to just walk over and roughly kick him. You know what I mean? I'm trying to think of a... You could vault him. Like, like I said, he's, you could vault, vault him. him. Okay. He's on his hands and knees. Okay, and he's that, that much in front of the doctor that... Mm-hmm. Okay. There, there would right. be room for you to land. It, it would be a tight squeeze. Right. But <laughs> Man, that would look so awesome. I would vault the dude and just take a swipe. Ah, well, let's it, do that. Just, just do it then. Yeah, let's yeah. do that. Just let's do, do that. I'm doing that. I'm going to vault Rebeck and... Uh, so continuing your charge yeah. from the previous round. Pull the axe, one-handed vault. All right, you jump and oh, kind of kind of looking. If if the sun were behind you, you would just see this. <laughs> the glint. Shing. <laughs> as you bring the axe forward, and what happens? Oh, <laughs> you see that? It like on seven, and it skidded on a seven for like <laughs> two inches. Seven plus. Oh, plus seven. That's not a hit. What? As, as you swing the axe forward, it, it comes down in a glittering arc. You can see the doctor almost twitch out of the way, almost like he's doing a twirl. And as he, he, as he comes around, he sees the mountain lion image behind him. It, it's like he just doesn't even care. He comes back around after your attack is through, after your so attack his, swing. So his girly ballerina twirl trumps my awesome one-handed vault with an axe swing? It trumps your roll. <laughs> <sighs> 
And now inside the city, Wombervash, you have eight bad guys closing, <laughs> closing in on you. And we'll we'll do this like this. First one rolls. And eight plus three, that's eleven. Is that a hit or a miss? My armor class? Yeah. I have sixteen. Next one hits. Next one hits. Next one hits. How are you rolling more than 16 three times? I rolled a 17, a 20, and an 18. I need a camera on those rolls. (laughs) And, uh... Are all eight of them that close? Yeah, they're all able to move within... They all have a movement of 30 feet. Okay. So they are all converging on the entrance to the gate, and you are the only one there to stand in the gap. Okay. Oh my goodness. And then the, yeah, so they... I assumed you were going to come with us. I'm sorry, Ben. Three of them hit. They lunge at you with their crude weapons. Okay. And they bring down all sorts of the cautious, and, and uh, some of them have some edged blades. But let's see what you take. 15 points of damage. Okay. Oh my goodness. It's like they, they surround you and arms are raising and lowering and bringing the weapons down. And it's like you're, <laughs> you're, being, uh, you're being beaten he's got almost his to the ground. Hide. Doesn't that help he does. at all? That helped with several of the rolls, with five of the rolls. So that's with, that, that 15 points of damage is with the tough hide? Oh. Yeah. Hey, just, just, to be, uh, just to clarify, is it compounding or no? Can I spend another two side points later and get another plus two? It's only the once. I don't like that. <laughs> okay. He nodded. Oh, man. So from behind you, you can hear a whack, 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 <laughs> as Wamberbash is taking the lumps. The plague doctor never really fully turned back to face you, Tira, mm-hmm. having caught the, mm-hmm. caught side of that the lion. He whips a looks like a knife from a hidden part under his sleeve and it goes streaking toward the image hitting it and as soon as it hits that dagger plunges through the image keeps on going and you can just see that image split down the middle and then turn into vapor that wafts away Mm. and then he turns toward you Tira and he says that's a pretty little axe you have you're a punk (laughs) and then he takes another with his other hand he slings it down at the ground and something you hear something crunch as it hits the ground and this greenish cloud billows up around both of you and it is your turn peter well so while this is going while he's like throwing daggers and talking to tira like a creep um i'm hearing i'm hearing the whaps and the the thuds from behind me, I turn around to just see just this mob of bad guys laying the smack down on Bash. And so I see that, and I am going to rush to his aid. You can reach the crowd and come to his assistance. So you race back th- while well, you were in the middle of the gate, I think. Well, I yeah, did. you were in the yeah, middle of the, still, you were in the, middle of the, the gate. gate. Yeah. And so you basically just move back 10 feet to assist Womber Bash, and now what are you going to do? Can I crack someone in the back of the head? Yep. All right. Cool. I don't know. Can <laughs> I, you? <laughs> I can, but may I? <laughs> you can try. That's a... That is... That's a 23. That's a hit. I think. 
you bring your mace down and it connects with the back of one unfortunate attacker's head. Six points of damage. And Bash, it is your turn. You just took a whooping. Okay. Um, I am going to Mighty Leap. Uh, how tall is the wall? The wall is 20 feet tall. Okay, how wide is it? 10 feet. Okay. I'm going to jump onto the wall, on top of the wall. Um, and I'd, I'm gonna... I'd love for you to describe this. Yeah, okay. Right, I'm, but how, I, can... you're, you're spending how many side points? One? Just all I need is one, yeah. yeah. Can, I, can I roll to see if I... Because if I explain it and then I roll like badly, then it's like, oh. <laughs> so Never can I roll mind. first before I... Yeah, roll first. Okay. Let's see what happens. I'm going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> what did you roll? I rolled an 18 plus... Plus, yeah, that, that's yeah. fine. Okay. All right. So uh, what happens is after I take all the hits, I'm going to like r- just recoil back up real quickly. And as I squat down, it's auto like a reaction. Basically, if you're looking directly at me and observing me, my um, my uh, my calves, my oh. calves tighten up. And as and, and just for a split second, you see the ground underneath my feet crack. And all of a sudden, I, I leap forward, and all of a sudden, I leap up twenty feet, and I'm I'm landing now on top of the uh, on top of the of the wall, basically. Right. And I'm going to say that as you gather yourself, and then suddenly spring up in a way that these attackers had no clue that you were going to do, I want you to go ahead and roll one d six, and that's how much damage you're going to okay. do to three of the attackers. Four. Wow. So they were busy leaning over you and bringing their weapons down on you. And as you just suddenly shoot up through them, it's like you tuck your head and you just drive with your legs as hard as you can. And there are two, now there are two uh, footprints in the rock right, of the street right, right. with cracks spreading out from them. Yes. And uh, as you go, you just, you, you take two of the guy's heads with it, not off of them. <laughs> <laughs> not off of them. Heads are rolling. But they, they, their, their necks snap back suddenly as their, their te- you can just hear teeth crunching Ooh. as you fly through them. Now, so, wh- where am I in relation to the doctor now as well? Am I, am I essentially right above him on the wall or sort of a little bit more to his left? Okay, you're jumping up to the right of the gate then. Yeah, yes, okay, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, so yeah, you jump up that way. Now, did he see that? I don't. Was the gate We're, wide enough for him to see that, or was I off to the side? But he and I are encircled in his green smoke. Yeah, well, he didn't okay. see anything. Fantastic. <laughs> All right, so you leap up to the wall, and from which way are you looking? Back into the city? No, now I'm looking out of the city, <clears throat> down at the doctor. You see a the cloud green of green smoke, yeah. and that is all you can see out there. Okay. Uh, and then you can see maybe an elbow every now and then sticking out as Tira is trying to fight her way out of that. Okay, got it. Uh, you did take out one of the bad guys in your jump. He just, you completely broke his neck as you yes, jumped through. Nice. Fantastic. Yes. I mean, oh, Tira. All right. Um, so we are now in, can I still see him? Is it surrounding us or is it just like clouding my vision? It is surrounding you, surrounding both of the you. The two of us. So I can see him and it's like. Even within the cloud, it's very murky. Can I see where Rebeck is? Rebeck is. No, because you're facing the doctor, right. and Rebecca is right behind you. Okay. Like, if you took a step back, you'd be tumbling okay. over him. All right. Ugh. Oh, goodness. And my eyes don't, my dark vision don't this help ha- me at all? This is not darkness, no. Okay. Um, hmm. I don't have any cool spells that I can cast or interesting You have rage. Things. 
What good is a rage going to do with me and the guy is invisible? I hate green fog! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't constantly go into a rage for no reason. I was, I was thinking before the green smoke, I thought maybe I would turn back and see Bash getting beaten, and that would send me into a rage, but I don't see that because there's green smoke around us, so no rage. Um, and maybe I call out, say something, are you, are, are you too afraid to fight me face to face? And I hear nothing. Afraid? No. I'm biding my time. Yes. <laughs> now, could I tell anything from when he spoke? Could I tell anything about what direction he is from me? How close? How it was far? one of those weird things. If you ever wear, it's like all around. If you've you. ever worn headphones where yeah. they're not fully connected and it sounds, it's in this ear yeah. and then it's in this ear. It's very disorienting. And then you hear a laughter that almost sounds like a bird's call. Oh. I don't like oh, this guy. Wow. <laughs> and then you hear nothing. All right. So it, it's not really frightening me, but I definitely have this feeling like I do not want to stay in this. And so I may just swipe. I'm just going to swipe. Maybe try and do a big arc over and down crossways, hoping they'll catch him. Yeah, you're just flailing. Yeah. Now, just trying, just to, trying to hit catch something. Him. All right. All right. I'm not going to roll my paper because that makes it just slide and do stupid stuff. It was a three plus yeah. what? Seven. Nothing. Seven. Okay, time. <laughs> you swing and there is nothing. It connects with absolutely nothing. And Shocker. again, you hear almost like echoes of that same cackling, cawing laughter. Okay, I'm about to go on a rage. Never <laughs> mind, Tira. <laughs> I was about to say, Meredith goes into a rage. <laughs> For real? It is my turn. Peter... Several of the guys attack you. Yes, bring it. Fight Your armor me. class without shield. Uh, 16. 16. Two of them hit you. Okay. For six points of damage. Oh, sweet. One of them shoves a sharp, wicked-looking dagger through a chink in your armor. Ouch. And you feel the blade score you, and it feels like burning fire. And another one swings at the same time uh, and connects with your back. And so this mace hits you solidly in the back with a thumping sound. And Bash, you've basically left Peter to his fate now. <laughs> Thanks, Wamba Bash. <laughs> hey, turnabout's fair play, right? You guys is a wrap. And another two hits you. So I mean, again, they're just circling you and trying to trying to bring you down, Peter. Again, they are looking for blood for repayment for their brethren who were killed in the alley. And while you're being hit, you can hear the horses suddenly stampeding, and they are running toward the gate. You can hear them screaming and whinnying, and they run through the gate. And I'm going to give you a dexterity check to be able to grab onto the saddle of pork meat as he goes thundering by. I'm going to make it a DC of 12. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's I get 13. As you're being pummeled by all these different weapons and these, you can see these leering faces and they're, they're obviously seething with hatred. They see you as the face of the death of their brethren. You grab onto the leather strap that holds the saddle on pork meat and you manage to just swing yourself up into the saddle. You're, you're still leaning off to the side, but you're trying to right yourself as the horses go streaming through the gate. Tira, you can hear the thundering of hooves coming towards you. And 
through the green fog, all of a sudden it begins to dissipate and you find yourself alone on this stretch of road with Rebeck. The guy just disappeared? From above Womberbash, you suddenly see that green smoke dissipate and you see Tira looking very confused and Rebeck's prone body on the ground. And then as the horses come out from under the gate, underneath you, you can see Peter awkwardly trying to right himself in the saddle. And then the first of the bandits rushing through the gate after him. So you, you can tell looking down inside the city, you can tell the bandits are streaming through the gate after. Now, I can't tell from the explanation of brute force, but do I have the innate ability to land without being hurt from my jumps? Like, I would although, say, although at this point I've jumped up, but if I jump down from a 20 foot wall, do I have to expend another point to have that ability so I don't get damage or can I inherently have the ability to take a fall from that? From We could do an acrobatics check okay. and see how you fare with that. I don't think that's a proficiency for you, but it's you can not. at least add your dexterity bonus. Okay. That's an eight. That's a nine. Are you sure? I think so. The nine and the six. The we need to get you some new dice. Yes, yeah. actually it is. It's an 11 then. All right. You hit the ground and you twist your ankle. I didn't actually jump. I was asking if I did. <laughs> uh, but uh, again, you can see glue coming towards you and you... With a with a disadvantaged dexterity check, you can see if you can mount glue. How does that work with oh, um, how does that how does that work with like luck points and stuff? Oh well, I will give you one luck point that you can use if you don't roll well. So you can roll two dice, take the lower of the two, and add whatever your dex modifier is, and then you can uh, use a, a luck point to re-roll that six. Okay, so that would be a 12. That's just enough. You manage to grab, I don't know if it's uh, some of the mane hanging down, but you, you pull, and as you pull on poor Glue's mane, her head rears back and she screams into the sky, but it's just enough for you to be able to manage yourself up onto her back. This so, isn't exactly what I thought was going to happen. <laughs> both, yeah, no kidding. Both you and Peter this is are... a very strange ending to this fight. And both you and Peter are... Um, now on your horse's backs, Tira. So now Wildfire and Wind are running free. Or they're, 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 also, they're also running down the, the road out of the city yeah. towards you. Uh, and they have enough of a lead that you can try and slow them and get yourself and Rebeck onto a horse. Wait, could, uh, could I halt in the road and say, take your time to get on the horses. I'll see if I can hold them back. Yes. Um. I want to kind of like charge right through the bandit. Well, just just to just to give you guys time to get onto your horse so we can make our breakaway. Well, I was I was going to suggest. I mean, I've got animal handling as a proficiency. Shouldn't I just try and study the last mm-hmm. two running at me? Yeah. So that because how am I gonna? It, well, my I mean I know I'm pretty strong and everything. But I mean, with that running horse, I'm gonna try and hoist myself and a dead body up onto a single horse with me. That's gonna be. Considering the way I roll, that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> Go ahead and do the animal handling check to see how they respond to you saying, okay. whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and that's the 20, correct? Yes. All right. <gasps> that's what a first natural 20. It's a natural, it's a natural 20. 20. And for the first time in a long time. Plus four. The horses, I guess it's just like that tunnel vision. They only see you standing in the path, and you're standing there with your legs spread yeah, and your arms forward. Arms up. 
and they come skidding to a stop in front of you and you basically deftly pick up Rebeck's yeah. body, drape him over wind, and then you yourself get up on... I was going to approach wildfire and just maybe put a hand on the... you know, But how they have... Horses have that sort of diamond-shaped area between their But there eyes. are bandits coming after you, like, right just now. Just for a second, grief. We're, we're doing a musical interlude. Yes. And then... And then maybe I have my hand as I pull myself up. Good. You swing up easily into the saddle, kick your heels against... Uh, wildfire. wildfire sides and then you all begin to canter at first and then slowly pick up into a gallop and the first of the, the the nearest of the bandits sees you putting some distance between you and them and you can see them come to a stop and several of them spit on the ground like good riddance and then they disappear into the background as you thunder off into the moorland and that is where we're going to end this episode. <laughs> I'm a little disturbed by that Birdman doctor. I want him to join us. That'd, that'd be really cool. What? No! <sighs> Let's talk experience. Goodness. So as you already took uh, the, the final mm-hmm. three discovery, or yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. exploration points for the city, um, you managed to take out i think it was one bandit yeah well <laughs> no it. i took out two because i broke two people's necks right you, you no. broke one guy you, you took two guys two of them you knocked them back but one of them was taken out of the okay. fight i love how we got into a fight with nine people killed one and then just ran you get one experience point for the you all get one because you oh. you all fought them now, I'm not going to give you the full complement of experience because you didn't actually defeat the bandits, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you did escape safely, and that's saying something. And I'll give you two for rescuing Rebek, even though he's... Now we're saddled with Rebek again. Dead. He's not dead, right? He's unconscious, I hope. <laughs> and now it's Norse battle time. I'd like to nominate Meredith for playing Tyr as a no-nonsense barbarian. Like... Just kind of busting in and asking about who was just at the door and, you know, talking to Poet Smurf. <laughs> Read this paper. <laughs> Stuff like that. You can take one for that. Thanks. Uh, I nominate, maybe... Let's see, I'm trying to think back to the pre-battle stuff. I, I nominate the... Um... The uh, plague doctor for <laughs> being in our having party. a dope mask. Yeah, right. He was just <laughs> creepy. I didn't like that. It's like biting my tongue. Yes. yes. <laughs> was like, ah! That was gross. Um, I need to play him up more. Yeah. So oh, he's coming back. Oh dear. Yes. <sighs> okay. Um, Uh, well, I mean, Bash for breaking out some of his brand new sweet level three stuff, right? Yeah. I was actually always able to do that. I just never did. Well. I'm just joking. (laughs) (laughs) That was definitely level three. Yeah. Yeah, the the, uh, Mighty Leap. The Mighty Leap was good. I was expecting some great things to come. You always got to vault off of the wall now and join the fight. I I couldn't stay there because after taking 15 (laughs) points of damage, Homeboy gets attacked and only gets six points of damage. Well, also, they they were originally all 
closer to run you so they didn't have enough time to wrap around me and give me the full body treatment. <laughs> yeah, and you have now left a permanent mark in Flintmore. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Yes, You're we go back. Look, that was the time. <laughs> when I almost got beaten to death. Now, yeah. get this. Uh, when we lived in Germany, uh, there was Heidelberg Castle. And you take the tour of the castle. It's up on the hill, the mountainside across the river. And there's a point where there are two worn out footprint shaped marks in the flagstones. And they said it was from a time where somebody was trying to escape from the tower and jumped Ooh. and left his footprints. But you know, it's, now yeah. you have entered yeah, yeah. Flynnmore folklore <laughs> as the, the one time that this, the frog man, this wild man yeah, this jumped wild. on top of the wall and broke the stones and left his footprints. Yeah. There. Yeah. So you have affected the history of this area. Very nice. So yeah, he should get points for that. Yeah, why don't you take two for that? Cool. Uh, I kind of dug Peter's Captain America attempt. Yeah. Even though yeah. it didn't work, work the way you had hoped it would. It would have been so much cooler if I had beamed him in the face with my shield. <laughs> you almost beamed Rebecca in the face. Yeah. Oh my goodness, we left our shield there. We left my shield there. Well, I left my shield there. heading that way. Maybe you can pick it up on our way out when we pick up next time. Oh, okay. I didn't know I could throw it that far. It went careening once it hit the rocks. So okay. It, it was hard to see. But yeah, no, that definitely was good. Yeah, why don't you take a point for that? And I think that's going to do it for experience points. Why don't you give me a recap real quick? Okay, so I, uh, Tira, has 16 points in level 3. Wamberbash has 18 points in level 3. I have 16 points. Into level 3. And that is going to do it for the game this time. Before we close out, I do want to say thank you again for all of those who are friends of ours on Twitter and on Instagram. It's been a lot of fun to see you uh, giving us some likes for our setup pictures and the other pictures that we've gotten. And it's been a lot of fun to see some artwork coming in. Thank you so much for those of you who are doing that. And we really enjoy seeing you getting involved in the show. We'd love to see more of that. Before we close out for good, I do want to give... Two more reviews that we have, five-star reviews on iTunes. The first one was from AF Gizmo and said, the title is, This Podcast is Amazing. And the comment was, Absolutely Amazing Podcast Makes Me Run Home and Play D&D. Hey, so that's a lot of fun. And then the other one was from Bransomific. Yes. <laughs> that is Thane's friend from school. The title of the post is, Love Your Podcast, Cry Laugh Emoji, Cry Laugh Emoji. <laughs> Me and my dad are dying laughing. Cry laugh emoji, cry laugh emoji, cry laugh emoji, cry laugh emoji, cry laugh emoji. <laughs> yes. So we, uh, I actually got a chance to speak with uh, Thane's friend and his dad, and they have been listening to all of our episodes, and they said, we just cannot stop laughing. They, they were taking a trip, and uh, they listened to it all the way through all at once, and it, it was just fun to hear somebody is actually having fun listening to us play they're they're enjoying the party's antics and the back and forth and the banter while also getting to hear the world grow in their minds and it's just really neat to meet people who are interested in this and having a lot of fun with it so we hope you continue to have fun thanks for the reviews if you haven't done so already we'd love for you to leave one for us and we will read them off as we get them so thank you for all your participation all your comments on twitter and everything that you're doing to help make the show better And we will see you next time right here at Stack of Dice.
ability to re-roll bad rolls. I am constantly rolling terrible numbers. <laughs> We're terrible how questers. He, how come he gets that? He chose luck as a feat. Well, what? Did, I don't... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get to choose any feats or anything. Yeah, that's the variant human. Uh, that's something that comes with the human. Fine. 